Hello, everybody, and welcome. You are listening to the Power Hour here at CJLO 1690 AM in Montreal. My name is William Power. I'm with Dominic Demeester. We got a jam-packed show for you guys today. Uh, NFL trade deadline passing. Uh, some crazy games happening this weekend. Dominic, I know I'm a broken record, and I know I say it all the time, but we I wish we could get a two-hour show in this one because all the stuff we got to talk about for this week's show because it's jam-packed. It's insane. Crazy trade deadline. Lots of big names moving left and right. I think this will help a lot of football teams, and I can't wait to get started to talk about it. Definitely. I want to quickly thank everyone for donating to CJLO, uh, the funding drive. We're able to raise a lot of money. So thank you to all of our listeners and everyone that was able to donate. Um, yet without you guys, there's no show. So thank you guys very much. All right, Dominic, there was a ton of trades that happened. I believe it was a total of 10. Um, when, you know, we talk about winners and losers. To some, some teams are sellers, some teams are buyers. Um, I want to talk about... Um, the, the ones that I like, but first I want to throw it over to you, Dominic. Were there a few uh, trades yesterday that you thought were a little bit of head scratchers or maybe ones that benefited both teams, both parties involved? And yeah, I want to get to, get to know what which uh, trades you thought benefited uh, each team the most. Well, the shocker for me definitely would be the Chicago Bears letting go of Roquan Smith. I mean, yeah. they're going to be in a total, total rebuild now. I don't even know if Justin Fields is uh, in their future, but to me, that's the big one. Wow, the Baltimore Ravens again. Wow, the rich get richer. This team, I'm telling you, I've been talking about them all year, adding Roquan Smith to this defense. who are going to get Bowser and Ajabo activated this week. This is going to be sick. I really would be scared if I was any team in the NFC. I would not want to meet the Ravens in the playoffs. This team, they might not win the Super Bowl, but they will take some teams out. So that's the, the definitely the big one for me. The second big one, I think the Minnesota Vikings did an amazing job getting G.J. Hawkerson. I mean, some people might not be big fans of Hawkerson, but I am. I think that this guy will add a lot of touchdowns to the Minnesota Vikings offense and People like Jefferson are actually going to be even that much better because now they have an extra big target in the red zone. So those are my two huge ones. The third one would be Chase Claypool kind of going to the Bears. If the Bears did something right here, I think Chase Claypool is a great red zone receiver and he just needed a new fresh start. Perhaps with the Bears, that's going to help him out and his career because I do think there's talent there. It just didn't work out in Pittsburgh. Yeah, Dom, I, I love your takes. And for me, my number one, not to steal your answer, I love the TJ Hawkinson trade towards the to the Minnesota Vikings. Number one, he's staying in the division. Uh, so obviously he knows uh, the teams that he's going to be playing against. He's played them twice a year. Uh, number two, he joins an already stacked offense, Dominic, when you got Dalvin Cook, Justin Jefferson, uh, Adam Thielen. And I think that, you know, you look at the tight end situation in Minnesota, and since Kyle Rudolph left, they haven't really had that star tight end that's able to, you know, kind of, uh, I guess you could say, worry defenses that's able to move the chains. And TJ Hawkinson has been uh, up and down, I'd say, for um, a big part of his career. But I've always liked him. He had a big game against the Dolphins this past weekend, and that's definitely my favorite trade as well. I think that he's going to fit in super, super well there uh, with uh, with the Minnesota Vikings. And uh, like honestly, like offensively, it's I'm, I'm trying to think of what they were missing. And I'd say like the tight end is is a big situation and, and, a, and a big, I guess I can say, position group uh, for Minnesota that they were lacking there. Um, so I think that was a, a big, big signing for them. Um, a few other notable trades that happened. Bradley Chubb uh, going to the Miami Dolphins. Obviously, as Dolphins fan, this excites me. Um, they gave up uh, Chase Edmonds. Dominic is going uh, a first as well um, in this upcoming draft. I really like it. Bradley Chubb was, uh, you know, was was a highly sought after uh, linebacker um, coming into the NFL draft. Didn't really live up to the hype with the Denver Broncos, uh, but I think with Miami now, Dominic and the players he's going to be playing a, a beside uh, youngster. I think he's going to fit in really well uh, as a Dolphins fan. I'm excited for this Bradley Chubb. I think you know giving a first is maybe a little bit. Uh, I don't want to say like reaching for him there, uh, but I think that Miami knows the potential he has, and uh, and I do honestly think it's it's a good fit for Miami there with Bradley Chubb. I like it because it's very hard to get a pass rusher uh, to help out in any way, shape or form. Nobody wants to give these guys out. So Miami did a wonderful job. I think 
you could see they're all in. They're trying to win the Super Bowl. And to me, if I was a Miami Dolphins fan, I'd be extremely ecstatic because it shows to me that your team is committed to go all the way this year. They picked up, you know, obviously in the offseason, Tyreek Hill, that yeah. turned heads. Now they're bringing in a Bradley Chubb. They really want to compete against those Buffalo Bills. And you have to build a team. you got to make some risk. This is a wonderful thing for the uh, Miami Dolphins to have is Bradley Chubb. I think the beneficiary on your defense is going to be a guy like Jalen Phillips. This guy mm-hmm. can it's kind of like an under the radar can get to the quarterback rookie. I think that now people are going to have to double team Bradley Chubb and that's going to leave Jalen Phillips with an opportunity to make a huge name for himself. So keep an eye on him. I think that he will be the benefactor out of this trade. Yeah, I, I love it. Um, I agree with you there, Dominic. That's when I talked about, uh, you know, um, him fitting well. And I think guys we get like Phillips and uh, Emmanuel Ogba are, are going to help him out there because uh, you won't be able to necessarily completely focus on Bradley Chubb because the other star they have there. Curious to get your thoughts, Dominic, on the Jaguars acquire, acquiring uh, Calvin Ridley. Obviously, he won't be playing this year, Dominic. Uh, should be uh, clear to play next year. The Jacksonville Jaguars adding some wide receivers in this offseason. And uh, they didn't stop there. They added uh, Calvin Ridley, former Atlanta Falcon. Now, this is the wild card pickup from the, the Jacksonville Jaguars. I personally love it. I think that Trevor Lawrence right now, you're seeing him kind of confused. I'm shocked that the Jags lost like four or five in a row right now. And uh, that was a huge game up in England. Denver took it. To me, Jacksonville just needed something to like energize their locker room. Hey, guys, don't worry about it. You know, look who's coming in town. We got Calvin Ridley, who is... I mean, we all know people can go through phases in life, and he's obviously going through uh, one of those phases where hopefully he gets out of it and uh, comes back to play football at at a high level. And I think he will. I really do. I think that that's going to invigorate him as a player, and he will go out there and ball out for those Jacksonville Jaguars. It doesn't seem to be working out with Marvin Jones and uh, with Zay Jones. Marvin Jones and Zay Jones, the Jones brothers. Those guys, to me, I honestly think that you can just leave town. They're just... They're their husbands to me. And I think that they needed to have some experience in the locker room, but now bringing in Calvin Ridley is the guy that's going to be able to be the leader, the number one right receiver on this football team. And Christian Kirk can slide right beside him as the number two and see where that takes them. I'll hope that Doug Peterson is there for them next year because he might even get fired, believe it or not. He needs to do a lot better coaching because that game against Denver, I'm not going to get into it yet, but uh, that was his responsibility. So great trade overall for the Jacksonville Jaguars. I'm with you on that, Dominic. I like the fact that Jacksonville is continuing to get weapons for the young quarterback in Trevor Lawrence. Uh, I think that he needs them, and I think that they want to make sure they surround him with a lot of toys um, until they, you know, they really know what they have in him. Obviously, they they invested a lot in Trevor Lawrence with that number one overall pick. Um, and I think a lot of times in sports, you know, you draft the player and you don't surround him with weapons and you wonder why it doesn't work out. I think the Jacksonville Jaguars are doing the opposite here. They're making sure that they get him. Uh, the running backs that he's used to, you know, playing with in college, uh, used to um, there with with his time uh, with the um, the Clemson Tigers and winning those championships. But I think this is good. I think that this is a smart decision by the organization. And I think, you know, Calvin really, yes, he hasn't played football the entire year. Um, but I think that, you know, hopefully he'll be fresh and you know, with, with Atlanta, we've seen what he can do. And he was a very good wide receiver. There were at times he was number one over Julio Jones. So definitely like the move there coming out, um, out of Jacksonville, seeing to those wide receivers, Dominic, a wide receiver, uh, needy team in the green Bay Packers did nothing over the NFL trade deadline. For me, this is, uh, I don't want to say it's a shocker because the, the Greenbackers continue to do it. Um, yeah, I think it's, you know, this is a, a situation where there's a lot of animosity in Green Bay. Uh, I could see why Aaron Rodgers would not be happy. But this, for me, this, this non-move for a wide receiver for the Green Bay Packers, I don't want to say it shows they're content with the team they have this year. But it, to me, it's, it's almost like they're not in win-now mode. And they're like, okay, we're going to get through the season, hopefully see what, uh, make the playoffs, see what happens there. But if I was a Packers fan, I would be, you know, quite mad with the, the, the lack of wide receiver depth to have on this team. And with the fact that, you know, you have wide receivers available, guys like Calvin Ridley, guys like Chase Claypool, right. That were on the trading block, a guy like Odell Beckham Jr. Why not take a swing at him for green Bay Dominic? I don't want to say I'm surprised because we continue to see them 
not invest in wide receivers. But yeah, if I'm a rod and, and those Packers fans, I ain't happy waking up on, uh, on Wednesday morning. Yeah, it was kind of bizarre. I'll agree. I think that Odell Beckham is still out there. Maybe there's a kind of like side plan that might work out for them. Not too sure. And the other thing is they're kind of snake bitten right now with a little bit of injuries here and there at the wide receiver front. They didn't really get Sammy Watkins early on in the season. And Christian Watson keeps on being injured. He got injured again this game or this past game getting a concussion. So to me, I want to see this team healthy to really get a good idea of what they have up front. So obviously it looks like a disaster currently. It definitely didn't help with Aaron Rodgers saying, you know, all sorts of things about his receivers, yada, yada. So I want to see this team healthy and then I'll get a better idea of where they're going. But I agree with you. Logically, you would have wanted, you would have wanted to see a receiver, maybe like Chase Claypool uh, to join this football team. That could have been uh, a great ad for the Green Bay Packers. And we're just going to have to wait to see whether or not they can pull it forward. He's done it in the past and I think that he can, but I'm a little bit worried with you, uh, William. I won't lie. I think that uh, the Packers are going to be maybe just one game out of the playoffs as we speak. Yeah, I don't know if it's what it is with with these Packers for me. Healthy, not healthy, Dominic. I do get where you're coming from, but it's. I feel like you know what we know where this team is. We know their identity, and you know we could kind of see what happened in the first half of the season so far. I can't really see that changing. So for me, it's uh, it's Green Bay Packers front offense being stubborn, um, not willing to help Aaron Rodgers. Uh, I guess they don't want to feel handcuffed by him. But for me, it's uh, yeah, and it just. Question mark, question mark there in Green Bay. It's mind-boggling. I don't understand it. And, uh, yeah, I think we're going to see a fairly similar situation in the second half of the year for the Green Bay Packers as to what happened in the first. Uh, I think that basically covers all the trades. Dominic, was there anything else you wanted to uh, talk about? Maybe one of the trades we didn't get into? No, we pretty much covered them all. I think there was a great trade deadline. A lot of teams, you know, got better. Again, uh, Roquan Smith is is just I don't even know how they got their hands on them for not that much. To me, it's just, again, mind-boggling. But that's what I'm going to keep my eye on is, again, those Baltimore Ravens moving forward. Yeah, Baltimore Ravens. And, you know, let's jump to a recap of the games this weekend. I will start in Baltimore, Dominic, uh, with their victory over the Tampa Bay Buccaneers last Thursday night, 27-22. to 22. And this one, it wasn't a pretty win for those Baltimore Ravens, Dominic, but I thought the way they won the game and the way they were able to come back with the injuries to Mark Andrews, uh, with Rashad Bateman leaving the game, Tampa Bay had the momentum early in this game. Uh, they were winning 10 to 3. Uh, or sorry, they're, yeah, they were exactly 10 to 3 at halftime. And it looked like Tampa Bay was going to, you know, be able to run the ball, keep the ball away from Lamar Jackson, and come away with a low scoring victory. Uh, but no, it was the Baltimore Ravens coming up victorious. And I know the Tampa Bay Buccaneers haven't looked all that good this year, to say the least. But I was impressed with the Ravens winning this game. I did pick Baltimore to win. But at halftime, I really did think that the way uh, the Bucs O line was playing well. Uh, uh, for a change and with the way that um, Tampa Bay was keeping the ball away from Lamar and the way the Baltimore Ravens offense was struggling, I thought that you know Tampa Bay would have enough in the tank to be able to put away in the second half. But no, it was Baltimore coming away with the big victory here uh, with Lamar Jackson going 27 of 38 for 238 yards. Rookie uh, tight end Isaiah Likely showing his in- inner Mark Andrews. Six catches, 77 yards, a touchdown. Um, and yeah, Demarcus Robinson, 264 yards. A lot of these kind of unknown under the radar player names for these Baltimore Ravens stepping up uh, with, um, with key guys being injured in the second half of that game. So like I said, Dominic quick recap, wasn't a pretty win, but I thought it was a gutsy win by those Baltimore Ravens to, uh, to come back and beat uh, those Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Oh, hundred percent. Not only was it a gutsy win, it was a, a win that against a desperate team. So it goes to show you that Baltimore, even with backups can beat, a desperate team with a hall of fame quarterback, probably one of the best has ever played the game. I just, again, the Ravens are just this team that is full of depth. You can get one of their stars like Mark Andrews injured. And who do they bring? Isaiah likely rookie tight end. I'm just enamored with the Ravens. I mean, I'll leave it at that. Cause I could talk about the Ravens forever. But what I want to talk about really quick is uh, the Buccaneers right now, you know, they're searching it, you know, they're looking what's what's going on you know who's our what's our identity you know are we a running team are we a passing team and it really comes down to whether or not tom brady still has anything left in the tank so i think he does it's just mentally is he there mentally is he prepared or is his head elsewhere 
I'm looking at his throws. They're always low. They're not that great. And that's not the Tom Brady that I've seen all those years. He might be hitting the wall, right? Eventually a player hits a wall and he just, he can't exceed beyond his limitations. And that might be Tom Brady right now. I won't throw in the towel yet on Tom Brady because the guy's got, you know, X amount of Super Bowl rings. You just can't do that. And they're full of veterans, but they are going to have to claw their way to the playoffs. And I've said that last week. I'm sticking by it. I'm not worried. I believe in Tampa Bay. They will be fine because of the number of veterans. The veterans, they will motivate the rookies, and this team will be fine. They're in a weak division. The only one is the Atlanta Falcons. That oh, is shocking man. the NFL right now. But uh, other than that, I don't see any much, much competition. Potentially the Saints have the Buccaneers number, but it looks like Tampa Bay has been playing well recently against the Saints. So, again, I think Tampa Bay will make the playoffs. It'll be by the back door. It might not even be winning the division, but they will make the playoffs. We talked about Tom Brady, Dominic, um, and the fact that he's been struggling this year, of course, he's got some off-the-field issues. Uh, he is uh, officially um, called it quits with Giselle. They're, they're going to be uh, getting divorced and separated there. So, of course, a sad situation there. And, you know, we often forget, like, a lot of these football players, Dominic, are humans, right? And they deal with personal issues. They deal with, you know, uh, things that everybody else, every, you know, every other civilian deals with. Uh, and I think that I don't want to say that's the reason Tom Brady's struggling because I do, I feel like at times we could use stuff like that to be, uh, you know, reasons for, for, for players not performing on the football field. I do think it is definitely affecting him though. Uh, however, and uh, you know, of course uh, you want to hope that, uh, that their breakup is going to be clean um, and, and everything. And just the fact that he was able to open up and, and be public about, it, I think, you know, it takes, takes guts for him on his part. So hopefully everything works out there. Uh, but yeah, obviously a lot on his mind, but you know, you said you weren't, Worried about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Dominic. I think I am. Um, I think that the their saving grace is the fact that they are in a weak division, like you mentioned, with the Atlanta Falcons leading the division right, right now. So I think that always helps. But yeah, it's it's almost as if Tom Brady doesn't want to be on the football field. And uh, similar to what I said last week, it's like pulling teeth just to get him to be there. And he doesn't look comfortable. He looks pissed at his receivers. Uh, it's just not a fun situation there in Tampa. Yeah, I'm a little bit concerned with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Yeah, I get where you're coming from. But again, this guy's got X amount of Super Bowl rings. He's one of the most professional football players I've ever seen to play the game. So it's just a matter of getting ready and executing. And right now, this is a team sport. I know it falls under Tom Brady's responsibility to get the ball to his receivers. Mm -hmm. And as we just talked about, I think maybe mental preparation might not be there for Tom right now. As we go on and during the season, I really think that as a team, they will get it together because of the veterans. And uh, for Tom, just buckle down. Go go have a, a sleepover at Leonard Fournette's house. Go talk about football. Try to stay <laughs> away from the drama and uh, <laughs> see what can happen there. And that's I honestly think that's what something like that's going to happen, where you just got to get yourself out of the the drama that you're currently in. And, you know, you have a job like everybody else. You know, you just got to do what you got to do. Yeah. Fair, Dominic. Keep it simple there. Uh, Night out with the boys. Nothing beats that. Let's continue with some recap, Dominic. Uh, what game do you want to jump to? Uh, let's go with the Denver Broncos versus the Jacksonville Jaguars. We talked about it early in the show. This was a make or break game for either teams. I really thought Denver was going to lose this game. I thought Hackett was going to get fired. But boy, at the last second, Denver takes it. And, uh, you know, Russell Wilson, I've been on his back all year but listen the guy had to have this victory and he delivered not the greatest stats 18 for 30 252 yards one touchdown and one interception but even with the bradley chubb trade denver believe it or not it might come back and stay competitive this season only because i think that this is a monumental win and when someone gets a monumental win like this Things can happen in the locker room and guys can get together and say, you know, rally around this, the hardships that they've been under and prove everybody wrong. Russell Wilson does have a Super Bowl. You know, even though I'm not a, a big fan, I'll give them a, an opportunity to see where they can go moving forward. They're in a huge division. That's very tough. I don't think they can at all win the division, but they could potentially make the last wild card spot. That's how big 
this victory was. And as for the Jacksonville Jaguars, well, Trevor Lawrence, you seem to be regressing, buddy. And I don't know if it's because of your coach. I don't know if it's because of you. It's hard to have a good read exactly on what's going on in Jacksonville. This team is not the same team that I saw early in the season. This team is not at all the same. Christian Kirk somehow is not at all performing how he should be performing. The one positive aspect that I will say, if you want to finish your season strong, you did an amazing job by making Travis Etienne your number one running back. Just mm-hmm. give the guy the ball. Let Trevor Lawrence regroup and maybe actually try to think of next year how it's going to be with Calvin Ridley because these, this team is not going to make the playoffs. This team is pretty much done unless, again, unless something else like a huge game happens, if they start having a bit of a, a momentum somehow, I just don't know what's going to be the reason and how this team is going to be able to claw back. I don't see it anymore. And Doug Peterson, you know, you, you probably are going to be the coach next year, but currently you're not doing a great job. So as much as I want to, you know, say that it's all Trevor Lawrence's fault, it, it is not. It, it comes down to coaching. It comes down to the front office to give the right personnel. I did have a good read on this team early on in the season, uh, prior to the season, I should say. Mm-hmm. which was why are they picking up Zay Jones and Marvin Jones? Like, I, like who are these guys? I, like Marvin Jones, was he there before? I think he might've been there actually. So it wasn't Zay Jones. Yeah. It was Zay Jones. Why did they pick up Zay Jones and Christian Kirk? Theoretically speaking, your entire season shouldn't go down because of just one player, Zay Jones adding to the roster. So I don't know. I'm just flustered. I don't know what to say about the Jacksonville Jaguars other than you're underperforming and it might, somebody's going to get fired. Maybe, maybe it's the GM. Yeah, you never know, Dominic, especially in today's NFL. you got to keep your options open. I think it's a little disappointing considering the start of the season the Jacksonville Jaguars had. Not necessarily jumping up to obviously a 2-0 or 3-0 start, but just looking pretty good. Even in the games they lost, they were fairly competitive. Uh, even in this one, too, they were competitive, Dominic, uh, only losing by four. But yeah, Trevor Lawrence passing for 133 yards, one touchdown. You know, that's not going to win you many football games, if any, um, especially in today's NFL uh, and I think that for Jacksonville, yeah, it's hard to pinpoint what is wrong there. Um, I think the addition of Calvin Ridley will help. Uh, but yeah, Trevor Lawrence has to be better. And I know that the quarterback is often used as the scapegoat and it's the easy way out. Uh, but I, I, you know, he does have to be better, Dominic. He has to be better. He was number one overall pick. He looks flustered in the pocket. He just doesn't look like he's comfortable. Um so he's going to have to be better for those Jacksonville Jaguars. And for Denver, yeah, I think it's a good win for them. Uh, I think it's kind of a win that, you know, saves the season, a, a win that they needed to have, uh, especially considering who they were playing. Fun atmosphere in London there. Uh, big win by those Denver Broncos. Sitting at 3-5 and five right now. If you, like, you ask me to bet right now, I still say this team misses the playoffs. I still don't think offensively they are clicking and they are gelling. Uh, I think it was a battle kind of, a, of two uh, poor teams playing each other, Dominic, with one team having to win. Uh, and, you know, a win is a win. Don't get me wrong. Uh, I think that, you know, we'll know more about Denver coming up this weekend when they play the Tennessee Titans in Tennessee. But, uh, yeah, you know, a game that Broncos needed to have after losing four straight. They got the job done. Wasn't pretty, but still a win nonetheless, Dominic. Um, let's jump to, yeah, you want to say something? Yeah, it's, it's what it is right now. It's like when you're on a huge losing streak, it's just yeah. very, very difficult to get out of it. Everyone's against you. Now Jacksonville's on this losing streak. You can see Tampa Bay's on a losing streak. It's very hard to get out of. But as soon as you're out of it, the sky's the limit. It's up to you and your team to bounce back. Denver did it. Let's see if Jacksonville can do it. For sure, Dominic, you just never know. Uh, A team that did not get the job done this weekend was the Las Vegas Raiders scoring a whopping zero points, losing 24 to zip to the New Orleans Saints. This was a shocker to me, Dominic. Not only did I pick the Raiders to win this game, but to put up zero points in today's NFL, Dominic, with, you know, the, with how, like easily teams are scoring points with offensive systems and how smart these offensive play callers are with, you know, it being tough to play defense with just the, the way the game is being ref. Now uh, every little contact and every roughing the passer, every hold uh, is being called as a penalty and going towards the offense, zero points for the Las Vegas Raiders, Dominic and Devonte Adams and Josh Jacobs doing absolutely nothing to help me with my fantasy week. Uh, Josh Jacobs, 10 carries 43 yards, uh, no touchdowns uh, in the, this one, Devontae Adams, Dominic, one catch for three yards. This game was ugly. Derek Carr was running for his life, getting sacked three times. A hundred passing yards for Derek Carr in this one. Look, don't get me wrong. The Raiders, you know, haven't been very impressive and haven't been what they, what they thought 
we they would be from the beginning of the season. But to put up zero points, Dominic, in a game where you really should win uh, and where your favorites on the road. Uh, inexcusable for me for the Las Vegas Raiders. I, I, a ton of stuff I could dissect, Dominic, with this Raiders team, but I'm not really sure what's wrong in you know with with the Raiders here. I don't know if it's the coaching. Uh, I don't know if it's Derek Carr, but you know after uh, a few wins this season, Dominic, where the Raiders have looked impressive uh, and a few tough losses, this game was atrocious for the Raiders to say the least. Hundred percent, and the answer is really simple. Josh McDaniels is not a head coach he's an offensive coordinator he's not a head coach we saw it in denver now we're seeing it happen also in las vegas this guy for whatever reason is not a head coach the guys that they added to this football team has destroyed the chemistry as well Devonte adams should have never been there it should have been the darren waller show add a couple receivers that are not that bad uh maybe taller receivers because Hunter Renfrew is not the tallest receiver, but he was still really involved in this offense and he was actually evolving as a right receiver. All I'm seeing is a bunch of regression currently in Las Vegas. And that comes down to the front office and that comes down to Josh McDaniels. Heads will roll soon in Las Vegas. I guarantee you this team is going nowhere. And Derek Carr, to me, I've never been a Derek Carr fan whatsoever. He will be out of a job soon, and the Las Vegas Raiders will be drafting a quarterback, and they might even trade up to get the best quarterback they could possibly can because that's what I would do, personally speaking. And I'm pretty sure if you look at what's happening currently in Las Vegas, a lot of people are thinking the same thing. Yeah, hard to disagree with that, Dominic. A long-season Raiders fan, so don't throw in the towel yet, but things ain't looking pretty in Las Vegas. Hopefully they're able to turn it around, Dominic, but I love your analysis, and I'm with you on that one. Let's jump to another game. Now let's go to the Minnesota Vikings against the Arizona Cardinals. Ah, the Arizona Cardinals. I am not taking them at all. I'll be a, an Arizona fan, but from far away, <laughs> I will always pick against them because I've taken them like every single time this year and they keep on losing when I take them. So that being said, Minnesota, <laughs> wow, this team keeps on moving six and one. We all know they're winning this division. I don't see anybody catching up to them. They are off and running, adding TJ Hawkerson. This team is a complete football team. We all know that Kirk Cousins is the wild card. Can he take us there or is he going to cost us the defeat? Kirk Cousins, 24 for 36 in this game, 232 yards, two touchdowns, zero interception. That's exactly what you want. Dalvin Cook, 20 carries, perfect number, 111 yards, one TD. Very balanced football game. Minnesota, my hat's off to you. You've been playing very good. And uh, you have an amazing roster. It's just not a couple games wacky to backy that you've won by a fluke. No, you've won convincingly. So Minnesota, to me, right now, is a team to watch in the NFC. Arizona, you know, it's not that bad yet. You're still three and five. I mean, some people might think it's terrible. But, hey, they're three and five. I still think that within that division, we all know about how it's going to be the battle of adversity in the NFC West. And that's where we're going to see. We'll talk about the Seattle Seahawks a little later on the show. They've been showing a lot of people uh, crazy things, but I think Arizona is still going to be around. I think Arizona, DeAndre Hopkins, 12 receptions, 159 yards, one PD yeah. on 13 targets. Wow. This guy gets off the couch. He seems like he just hasn't missed a beat. And Callum Murray, you know, he's getting a lot better. 31 for 44, 326 yards, three TDs, unfortunately, two interceptions. But uh, I like what I see with Arizona. I think that this team still can compete. I just won't take them anymore, making yeah. my picks. And you watch that Arizona team. They will crawl back somehow and be maybe a bubble playoff team. We'll have to wait and see. Yeah, Dominic, I think that two things. Number one, I think you've learned your lesson, Dominic, and not being in the Cardinals anymore. Number two, either you're giving the Cardinals too much credit, Dominic. I'm not a huge fan of what I see in Arizona. I think it's a lot of DeAndre Hopkins, uh, you know, bailing out his receiver or sort of bailing out his quarterback in Kyler Murray. This team has just been too inconsistent for me over the years, Dominic. And I, I get that they look, they've been a tough team. Um, this past weekend in Minnesota, who's been dominating their opponents. The Cardinals have a big stretch the next three games, Dominic. The next three are against NFC West teams. They got the Seahawks, then they got the Rams, and they got the 49ers. So we're going to know learn a lot about these Arizona Cardinals and three huge games in terms of their playoff implications uh, and potentially, you know, going for that division and the NFC West. For me, this team is too inconsistent. I've seen and I know what I need to out of these Arizona Cardinals, Dominic. And it's, you know, this is a good team on paper, but unfortunately, a team that's not able to produce. On the other hand, 
big win for the Minnesota Vikings. Like you said, I think that, uh, you know, they're running the way with this division and I think it will continue. Um, let's jump to a game between the Carolina Panthers and the Atlanta Falcons. What a crazy finish to this game. What's unbelievable in this game, Dominic, is if the Carolina Panthers would have came out victorious in this game, all four teams in the NFC South would have been three and five, and the Panthers would have been first in their division. First. There would have been, obviously, that four-way tie between Atlanta, Carolina, Tampa Bay, and New Orleans at three and five. But with the tie breaks and everything, Carolina would have been first and now losing the game their last. God, I love football. It's incredible how uh, one game and, you know, one victory and a single point can make the difference. So big, big story in this game. The Carolina Panthers were down by six. P.J. Walker throws an absolute dart Hail Mary, 62 yards with 23 seconds left, Dominic, to D.J. Moore, uh, was double covered. Patrick Mahomes saying it was the throw of the year. It definitely was the throw of the year. It was the play of the year, uh, at least to this point in the season. (sighs) DJ Moore takes off his helmet on the field, gets flagged, 15-yard penalty, extra point is missed. Game goes to overtime. Carolina has a chance to win. They miss another field goal in this one. Then Youngway Koo, clutch kicker, one of the clutches in the NFL, makes a 41-yarder for the win. The Atlanta Falcons win a heartbreaking Lost for the Carolina Panthers, considering everything that happened. But look, I understand rules are rules, Dominic. I understand you can't take your helmet off on the field. But the NFL, with their penalties, they're not taking into account human emotion with the way the game is going. Look, what do you want a player to do after scoring a 62-yard touchdown? You want him to hand the ball to the referee, shake his hand, nod and go sit sit back down. Of course, you're going to go bananas. Of course, you're going to do stuff and take off your helmet. Maybe one thing. I think... There's a way they can tweak the rule. I think if it's for a celebration, maybe taking off your helmet is different. Um, You know, at times you see players frustrated with a call, so they take off their helmet in in order to, you know, give SHIT to the referee. I think that's different. But when you're scoring a touchdown that late in the game, Dominic, I think it's got to be common sense, and you got to see that these players are human. They have emotion. It was, you know, the play of the year. Um, Doesn't excuse the missed field goal. Doesn't excuse the missed extra point. Um, I think that, uh, you know, tough, tough way. Uh, for the Carolina Panthers to lose. Crazy game. For me, that was the game of the week in terms of being back and forth and everything uh, that was set. There was a total of 34 points in that fourth quarter alone, Dominic. Credit the Falcons. They win the game. Harpagan loss for Carolina. Uh, but yeah, Falcons fans, don't look now, but y'all are first in the NFC South. Yeah, Falcons, man. Doing it in crazy ways. Arthur yeah. Smith is just a phenomenal football coach. This guy, I did not see him coming at all this year, but I've been following it like everyone else and just loving the stories about buying uh, his offensive lineman beer when they win. It's just, (laughs) this guy knows how to motivate a team. The players obviously love playing for him. Uh, They're able to actually ship Calvin Ridley away and being comfortable with their identity moving forward. They know what they're going to be about, which is a running football team. I love it. As for the Carolina Panthers, dude, don't get me started on the NFL rules. You won't hear me stop talking. <laughs> but yeah, I agree 100% with you. And for DJ Moore, you know, it's a lesson learned, unfortunately, dude. Yeah. You have rules to follow. You got to follow them. It's just the way that the NFL is built. You got to follow those dumb rules. But at the end of the day, Carolina, maybe potentially this could have been a, a game that they can build an offensive strategy out of. I think Dante Foreman giving the ball to him 26 times, 118 yards, three TDs. That was a good recipe. Yes, you needed a Hail Mary to win the football game. But I mean, like, hey, PJ Walker is not a superstar. They might get uh, Sam Darnold back. Do you go with Sam Darnold when he actually is healthy to play? That'll be a, a good situation to analyze. But Carolina's got a great D. To me, they need to put it together, have an offensive game plan, and Dante Foreman seems to be that answer for them. So if they do that, I think they'll win a lot of football games down the stretch. I mean, they're lucky, Dominic, the division isn't uh, the best this year. And yeah, a lot of QB controversy now, Dominic. You keep P.J. Walker if he's winning. Sam Darnold, what happens when Baker Mayfield comes back? Uh, interesting and exciting times in Carolina. Uh, we'll uh, we'll see what happens there. I'm curious to see what happens when uh, those two quarterbacks come back and are healthy and clear to play. All right, Dominic, let's continue with the recaps. Yeah, let's go. Uh, the Miami Dolphins against hey. the Detroit Lions. Yes, I love this football game. It was a, a really entertaining football game. 31-27s. I, I feel for you, Lions fans. I really do. You know, you do whatever you possibly can. Uh, finally, Jared Goff shows up, you know, throws for 321 yards. Uh, you got Jamal Williams rushing in for two touchdowns. And 
TJ Hawkinson played his last game as a Detroit Lion, three receptions, 80 yards. The Lions were in this game, but at the end of the day, I mean, the cheetah, he just he came out. He just came out of the cage and 188 <laughs> yards. Try to stop this guy. You just, you just can't. Tyreek Hill is a beast. And this is why the Miami Dolphins picked this guy up. And then Jalen Waddell being his partner in crime. I didn't know who was going to be the, the number one wide receiver, but it clearly to me right now, it has to be Tyreek Hill. This guy just blows by DBs and Tua just loves to throw the D bomb. And to me, I just love it. I think that a lot of people have been waiting for this in Miami for a long time. And this franchise been uh, snake bitten for a variety of different reasons. And I think the sky's the limit right now for Miami doing some great pickups and winning this football game, which they absolutely need to have. You had to beat a desperate Lions team. And I think that this game will, will have a lot of momentum for the Miami Dolphins. Tua will be the beneficiary. And I think Tua right now, his confidence is sky high. He did not throw a one interception. Good job for Tua and good job for the Miami Dolphins. Dominic, as a longtime suffering Dolphins fan, I mean, I'm only 25 years old, but I unfortunately did not see the glory days in Miami uh, and, and everything they were able to do. This is probably the most fun football team I've seen out of Miami, Dominic, for a very long time, maybe the first time ever. It's the offense I'm more confident in than the defense. And, you know, when they get down early, I'm not worried because I know what this offense can do. And for the Detroit Lions, it was such a Lions way to lose this game. They were up 14 tip in the first quarter, up 21-7 up 10 going into the half and credit Miami's defense who did not play a good game, but they shut out the lines to zero points in the second half. They made halftime adjustments, but Dominic, yeah, it's Tyreek Hill moving the chains and then it's Jalen Waddle, you know, getting the touchdowns here and Tyreek Hill is on pace to break the single season record for most receiving yards in the season. And the thing is about Tyreek Hill is he's not just fast, Dominic. He's making catches in double coverage with, with DBs draped all over him. It's, he has strong hands. He makes contested catches. Right now, it's hard to find a better receiver in football than Tyreek Hill. He's just a Madden glitch, and he is so, so fun to watch. And, man, I'm just happy he's on the Miami Dolphins. But, yes, Dominic, bigger picture there. Big win for Miami, 5-3, and three, uh, sitting in a wild card spot right now. A game they needed to have. They came up victorious. Two up, balling out, having a heck of a game in this one. Great to see after him coming back from the injury. Exciting stuff out of Miami. Uh, last weekend, we saw both New York teams excuse me, lose. I think the story there has been great, but unfortunately they weren't able to uh, to continue that trend for now. We have the Philadelphia Eagles remaining undefeated. Uh, we have the Rams, Dominic, not looking so great, losing to the 49ers. And then we have that Packers-Bills Sunday night game with the Bills winning 27-17. I think kind of a similar game to what everyone predicted. But the Bengals, Dominic, yeah, like that was surprising, losing 32-13 to on Halloween, Monday night football to the Cleveland Browns. Uh, I know Jamar Chase was not there and not up for the Bengals, but still uh, quite surprising to see that uh, out of a team, you know, with like uh, the Bengals that has a ton of depth. All right, that's it for week eight. Let's jump into week nine, Dominic. Thursday night football on tonight. We got the undefeated Philadelphia Eagles that are 13 and a half point favorites on the road at Houston. Yeah, 13 and a half. That's a huge spread, specifically on Thursday. I'm taking Houston on this. I know Houston has been bloody awful. Let's just put it that way. They've been yeah. bloody awful. Their coach is an old school coach. He's trying to win with an old, well, not an old, but with a pocket quarterback that just is not firing whatsoever. Houston somehow will find a way to run the ball in this football game. I think that they will stay competitive, but eventually the Eagles will take over, but they just won't cover the spread. Give me the Eagles 27 to 23. Yeah, it is a big point spread, Dominic, but I like what I've seen of the Philly, Dominic, and I did not think they would be undefeated up until this point. Um, they're a good mix of running the football, passing the football. I think they do it well, and I think they continue it in this game. So I'm going to go with the Eagles. I'm giving the Eagles to cover the spread. I'm going to go with final score of 30-13 to 13, Philadelphia for them to remain undefeated. Uh, next up, Sunday games. We've got an AFC East matchup. Buffalo Bills at the New York Jets. The Jets, as I mentioned, who had their winning streak cut by those New England Patriots. Buffalo favored by 12 and a half in this one Dominic 12 and a half is a lot I'm going to go with the Buffalo Bills winning this game however I got the Jets keeping it competitive um 
throughout the game. Give me Buffalo. I'm going to go 29 to 20 in this one. Uh, this may be where we see the Jets, you know, kind of spiral down the wrong way. It's been a great start to the season. Uh, but let's see right now, Dominic, after losing a game to the New England Patriots, they have another game uh, against the AFC East rivals, this time in the Buffalo Bills. Uh, I know they're definitely not favorites in this one. They're going in as heavy underdogs. But you, you want to stay competitive in this game if you're the Jets and if you want to be taken seriously. But I got the Bills in this one, Dominic, by nine. One god-awful quarterback to another. Zach Wilson. Oh, this guy's terrible. 12 and a half seems a bit high to me, too, for a divisional game. I'm going to have to go with the Buffalo Bills. I think that Zach Wilson has problems yeah. throwing the football. He's just he can't read any defenses. He's a liability. I it's think surprising. The, it is surprising. A lot of people were big on him, but he looked like the karate kid to me. Go back and do some karate because you ain't cut it for football, buddy. I just, I'm sorry. You're just not cut it for football. Give me Josh Allen in a blowout, 37 to 17. I think the Buffalo Bills will destroy the Jets. All right, next up, we got the Minnesota Vikings at the Washington Commanders. Minnesota favored by three and a half. This could be a good one. Taylor Heineke, Dominic, uh, quarterback now for Washington and, uh, you know, was good enough to get the victory, slight victory over the Colts last weekend, 17 to 16 there. Uh, I think this game will not be as close as that one. And I think Minnesota gets the job done here and they come away with the victory and improve to seven and one. I'm going to go a final score of 27 uh, to 19 Minnesota. And uh, yeah, they keep the, uh, the train moving. Yeah, you got me uh, convinced with Haneke. I think that you've been talking about this guy for a little while now, and I really believe that the Washington Commanders can play a very competitive football game against Minnesota. Can they beat Minnesota? That's a big stretch, but maybe I think that TJ Hawkerson coming in is going to it's going to be an adjustment for that offense. So I'm going to call an upset here. I'm going to take wow. Washington to upset Minnesota in a tight football game, 33 to 30. All right. I always love my upsets, Dom. Next up, Indianapolis Colts at the New England Patriots. Patriots favored by five and a half, Dom. Yeah, the Patriots are, are really surprising me. We didn't know what quarterback they were going to go with, Mac yeah. Jones or Zappi. I thought it was going to be Zappi, but Mac Jones delivered. And I think that the Indianapolis Colts right now, they just fired their offensive coordinator. I don't know where Indianapolis is going. I think they, they changed their defensive scheme this year, and it's really playing on Shaquille Leonard not being as effective that he used to be under the old defensive scheme. So as a result, I just don't think Indianapolis are as good as uh, on, they are on paper. So I'm going to go with the New England Patriots. I think that the, the spread here is right. Five and a half. New England will cover. Give me New England 27 to 20. Bring up a lot of good points there, Dominic. You picked your upset in the Washington Commanders. I'm going to pick my upset here in Indianapolis. I got Sam Ellinger having a good game. Give me those Colts 24 to 16. I think the Colts defense is a solid game here. Uh, and I could see uh, Sam Ellinger, uh, you know, starting a new connection with Michael Pittman Jr. And, you know, them connecting for a few TDs in this one. So, yeah, I'm going to go Indianapolis in the upset here, Dominic, uh, over the New England Patriots 24 to 16. Next up, Los Angeles Chargers, Atlanta Falcons. Chargers favored by three. Man, it's tough picking these games. You got the Chargers coming off a bye that is supposed to be this great team. It has Super Bowl aspirations. You got the Atlanta Falcons that have been surprising everybody. Oh, man. I'm going to go. I'm going to go with the Chargers in this one. High scoring game, back and forth. 37 34 Chargers. They win by three, which is a point spread. I think this could be a good one, Dominic. Somebody tells me this will be a good game. So, yeah, give me the Chargers in a high scoring game to win this game by three. Now, the Chargers will be ready to play Atlanta. I think that that bye week is the key aspect that puts the Chargers over the top. It's going to be close. And I don't think the Chargers are going to cover the spread, but they will win this football game. Give me the Chargers 28 to 26. A tight one. Gotta love those. Next up, we got the Miami Dolphins at the Chicago Bears. Dolphins favored by five in this one. Chase Claypool uh, set to make his Chicago Bears debut. I think this one could be a good one. You know, I think that people think, oh, look, Miami, the team that's been doing very well uh, this season. And, uh, you know, a, a team that, uh, you know, 
high, high aspirations coming into the season. Chicago Bears, not the best team. I think this game is going to be close. I think they keep it competitive. I think it's going to be another fun game, similar to the Chargers-Falcons game. Uh, I could see, you know, ending up uh, in, in a one-score game. And that's where I'm going to go, actually. I'm going to go give me Miami to win this game. I'm going to go a final score of 28-25. to 25. Miami squeezes another victory against an NFC North team and uh, improves 2-6-3. to six and three. You thought you were entertained last week. I mean, you're going to be entertained in this game. This is going to be the game of the week. I know this is going to sound really bizarre for our listeners out there. I like the wide receivers that the Chicago Bears are adding to this football team. Yeah. They, now they have Chase Claypool. And early in the season, we didn't get to see Enkil Harry. But now he's healthy. He got a touchdown. And I think that this guy might resurrect his career now that there's two huge pillars and then you're going to have Darnell Mooney uh, working in the slot. Believe it or not, the Chicago Bears are going to put some points for the remainder of the season on the board, but they will not win this football game. You will see the Miami Dolphins again with the Cheetah doing unbelievable things. Miami will win. They won't cover the spread 35 to 34. I'm with you, Dominic. I like where the Chicago Bears are headed. Hopefully, Justin Fields is able to, uh, you know, build off of the the uh, the solid games he's had at some points in the season. Uh, but yeah, I think you know a weapon there was overdue for him, and I'm glad they got Claypool. Next up, Carolina Panthers, Cincinnati Bengals. Bengals favored by seven and a half in this one. PJ Walker likely to make another start. I'm going to go with Cincy in this one with the bounce back victory uh, after looking awful against the Cleveland Browns. Give me the Bengals. 27-21 over Carolina. Yeah, I think Cincinnati is going to bounce back big time. It's going to be tough against a Carolina D, and I think that this game is going to go into overtime, believe it or not. I think it's going to be tight. So Cincinnati will win by a touchdown in overtime, 35-29. All righty, next up, Las Vegas Raiders at the Jacksonville Jaguars. Raiders favored by one and a half in this one. Oof. Two teams is not looking in their last week. Give me the Raiders to bounce back in this one on the road at Jacksonville. I'm going to go a final score of 25-21 in this one with both Josh Jacobs and uh, Devontae Adams getting uh, receiving touchdowns in this game. And yeah, definitely having a much needed bounce back game after the loss last week. Give me the Raiders by four over the Jags. Yeah, two teams with their back against the wall. This is definitely an overtime game as well. It's going to be an ugly football game. I think there's going to be people maybe being ejected because they're going to want this game so bad. I'm going to go who I believe has the stronger D, which is the Jacksonville Jaguars. Give me Jacksonville in a tight one, 27 to 24. Next up, last thought of one o'clock games, Green Bay Packers at the Detroit Lions. Packers favored by three and a half in this one. Give me this game 26 to 24 for the Green Bay Packers late in this game. Detroit marches down the field and kick a game-winning field goal for the win. I'm going to go Detroit Lions in the upset at home 27-26 over their rivals in Green Bay. You are crazy, William. You're doing amazing (laughs) with your picks. I get hats off to you for for being so gutsy in this one, but I'm going to go with Green Bay all day, every day. The offense finally comes together, and it's going to be a high-scoring game on both sides. Give me Green Bay 35 to 30. All right. Next up, Seattle Seahawks at the Arizona Cardinals. Cardinals favored by two in this one. Oh, gosh. What do we do here? Nah, give me Seattle. Not picking Arizona. Give me the Seattle Seahawks to win. Geno Smith continuing on his hard start to the season. Seattle stays first in the division with a huge win over Arizona in the desert. I'm going to go give me a final score of 27 to 25 Seattle. Yeah, I would take Arizona, but no, I think that Geno Smith is actually doing a phenomenal job with those Seattle Seahawks and Pete Carroll. Wow. This guy's a great football coach. This guy has done it with all sorts of weird quarterbacks throughout his entire career. Now he gets another funny one here with Geno Smith, who just, you know, has faced adversity and has managed to go through it, and now is the starter of a team that's leading the division up in the NFC West. Couldn't ask for a better storyline. Seattle wins this football game 35-30. to Pretty remarkable stuff happening this year. All you look no further than Geno Smith and those Seattle Seahawks. This would be a massive win for Seattle. Seahawks fans, I know that uh, they'll be pumped for this one. Next up, Los Angeles Rams, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Bucks favored by two and a half. 
Both teams coming off a loss. The Rams not looking good, losing 31-14 to in their last game to the San Francisco 49ers. This offense just hasn't been good. It's been very predictable, and Matt Stafford has not had a good year to start off. Super Bowl hangover is what it seems to be happening in Los Angeles. However, I think they get this game. I think they right now are the better team than the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, even though both teams don't look good. I just trust the Rams offense to score more points, even though I just completely talked about how poor their offense has been. Don't like what I'm seeing out of Tampa Bay. I like this rematch, a rematch of uh, last year's playoffs. So, yeah, give me those Rams. I'm going to go 27 to 24 L.A. in the upset. I agree with you, William. I think that Tampa Bay, like I said at the top of the show, they will need to claw their way to the playoffs, and they're not going to beat the Rams. The Rams are a desperate football team. They will beat Tom Brady. Jalen Ramsey is the difference in this football game. Give me the Rams, 30-17. to 17. All right, next up, Sunday Night Football, Tennessee Titans at the Kansas City Chiefs. Chiefs here by 12.5 in this one, Dominic. That's a huge spread against a very, very well-coached football team up in Tennessee. They're getting zero respect. I'm not going to take Tennessee to win this football game, but I will take them to cover. Give me Kansas City 28-20. to 20. Pretty remarkable. The Tennessee Titans were able to win last week's game with, I believe it was Malik Willis throwing a total of 10 passes. Unbelievable. They were able to get the job done. Look, I know it was against the um, the Houston Houston Texans there. So, you know, not one of the best teams in football, but still kind of a crazy way to win. Not sure what's going to happen with Ryan Tano if he's going to play in this game. But Tennessee, Dominic, this could be a big, big win for them. They're ahead of the division right now. If they're able to come away with a victory at Arrowhead Stadium against the Kansas City Chiefs that look very good, I think that'd be a big one. I don't see it happening similar to you, but I do think it'll be a close one. Give me Kansas City. I'm going to go a final score of 33-25 to 25 in this one uh, with the Chiefs winning by eight. Next up, Monday Night Football, Baltimore Ravens at the New Orleans Saints. Saints underdogs in this one by two and a half. Give me the Ravens to win, Dominic, their second straight game. Final score, I'm going to go 27-23, to 23, Baltimore in this one. And uh, yeah, Lamar Jackson getting at least one rushing touchdown in this one on Monday Night Football and getting the victory over the New Orleans Saints. Oh, I can't wait for this game. This is going to be a, such a nasty football game. It's going to be driven by the defense on both sides. Whoever knocks out the opponent will win this football game. I think Baltimore is going to take it. I say even think, but they're not, they're not going to cover the spread. This is a one-point game. Mm. Give me Baltimore 21-20. to 20. Should be a really tight one. A lot of good sl- uh, time slots in this uh, week. So a lot of good scheduled games, especially at the four o'clock. I think it's going to be a good one next week. Folks, that's it for the show this week. Hope you enjoyed. Uh, thanks again for all your donations. I'm super excited for the NFL. We're basically at the halfway point of the season. Who would have thought it would come by this quickly? A lot of good storylines, a lot of good stuff to follow in this week's uh, week of the NFL. Hope you enjoyed the show, folks. We'll see you next week. Same time, same place. You were listening to CJLO 69. 9 a.m. in Montreal.